Uh, welcome back to another episode of Question Possible Answer. I'm your host, Peanut. I'm Tog. My wonderful co-host. And uh, so we are fresh off uh, an episode of Ready Player One, uh, which in that movie, the DeLorean is... A key feature. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to call it almost a main character. It's a main character's vehicle, so it counts. Um, which... If you couldn't tell by that wonderful intro, which if you haven't figured out yet, our intros are changing every episode to relate to the movie we are covering. If you can't tell, this episode is Back to the Future. Um, so just a little bit of housekeeping before we get into things. Uh, keep sending us your email. Uh, it's great. We've gotten some. It's been wonderful. We love it question possible answer at gmail.com uh, you can also find us on Facebook we've gotten some great input there uh, in these past few episodes uh, just search for question possible answer we have our page and our group they're kind of one in the same um, it, it, you know it, it's a process getting started out and our Instagram page where you can find some of our behind the scene footage that's the only place we'll be posting that uh, currently currently right now uh, that will be question underscore possible underscore answer. Uh, that's our Instagram link. I believe that's all of our social media plugs that we need to get out of the way. Um, so I guess let's kick things off with some Back to the Future talk. Are, are, seriously, we're going to skip making the drinks again? I'm, I'm sorry, that's right. Uh, still trying to figure out exactly, you know. We, we are fresh off of watching the movie and note, so this is also a first. There's normally... A day the, 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 a uh, week there's, between. There's normally at least a 24-hour buffer window between everything happening, so... This one is... I mean, we did Ready Player One. We recorded that episode yesterday, I think. Uh, yes. And so, I mean, I, I've barely begun to start the editing on that one, and now we're already doing this one so well i got i got to get you a backlog for you know whenever i'm gone for that first week week and a half so that way i have time to get settled yeah and, and i mean I, I also have a few movies in backlog also to go over with some guests if i can get everything lined out properly with them mm -hmm. there is some interest shown but we haven't discussed scheduling yet 
So, what are you drinking tonight? Uh, tonight, I am drinking Yangling Oktoberfest. Uh, during Ready Player One, we pretty much finished off most of the Yingling Light. Yep. We finished them off during note-taking for Back to the Future. Yep. What are you drinking on? So, I decided to uh, break out the last of my vodka, and I, I went very, very simply. You know, that, that, that basic white girl drink of uh, the... Uh, Vodka cranberry. I didn't even have Red Bull to put in, so it's just, just vodka cran. And of course, it's Grey Goose, so it's you know it's it's good. So uh, I'm probably gonna switch to something after I finish this uh, whole shaker worth, but I'll get around to it eventually. Okay. And it's probably about a fifty-fifty mix on the ratio. It's not bad. Could use more vodka, but I finished off a bottle, so. Um, so, I mean, since we just did another episode the other day, not much has changed since then. Literally, you you were gone for half a day today. That, so what happened during your half a day? Oh, so, so I'm not going to touch on that, but because it relates to the movie concept of time travel and maybe time loopage, um, something I didn't mention the other day, because it wasn't relative to the topic at hand. Um, Are you so going back in time? I am going back in time. I'm, I, l- let's go back, say, 12 hours. Uh, and I say 12 hours just to relate because I, I've been playing this game called 12 Minutes. Um, if you're on Xbox and you have access to Game Pass, it's on there for free. Um, I'm not sure what the actual cost amount is to purchase and play, but it's also on PC and PlayStation, I believe. I'm not sure about its Switch availability. But it's a game that dabbles in time loops. Mm-hmm. Um, it stars, for voice actors, for one, it's got three people in the voice cast. No, sorry, there's five people, I believe, in the voice cast. But there's three main people in the voice cast. The other two are not Easter egg voices, but they're side voices. They only have, like, two or three lines of dialogue. Yeah. Uh, so we have William Defoe. Play, William. Yes, uh, he plays the character of the cop, um, and he's also voices. Uh, se- uh, I'm going to call it a secret character, and an ending. And then you have James McAvoy. Okay. He voices the husband. Okay. And then we have Daisy Ridley, who voices the character of the wife. I'm not sure I'm familiar with her. Daisy Ridley, uh, Star Wars, um, Orient Express, or Murder on the Orient Express, uh, Ray from Star Wars. Okay. Um, so, I mean, just right out of the gate, it's a wonderful voice cast, and it's 12 minutes because it's a time loop, and I don't want to throw any spoilers out there because it's a game that I highly recommend that if you like mystery puzzle, uh, uh, not really an adventure, but it's a narrative adventure because it shows how much you don't know about somebody, Yeah. and based on which version you're playing through, which loop you're playing through, you decide, you know, do you want to acknowledge this information that you do know? Do you want to ignore it? How do you want... And there's only five or six endings, but there's... 
hundreds of endings. Yeah. But there's only like six acceptable endings or something like that. I, I don't know. I've only accomplished a few. It's a great game, Time Loops. I'm kind of getting off on a tangent on it. But it's just one of those amazing games that shows, which, again, I'm kind of rambling, but in 12 minutes, your whole life can change. Okay. But yeah, so whenever it comes to Time Loops, uh, I, I'd recommend uh, 12 minutes. I can't think of any else time loopy right now that's in like video game form I, I know it's out there I just can't think of it I haven't messed with any in a while alright um, but yeah so main topic of the evening because we are recording this in the evening time um, I guess first impressions of Back to the Future I, I, we didn't do our full research I don't remember the release year of this movie or anything like that and I feel like that's pop culture trivia but you know so it, it's been around for a long time what are your first impressions uh so first time I remember watching it and I actually remember going on the back to the future ride at I think it was Universal um but I I always remember growing up and loving the films uh number three was my favorite I don't care what you say the western one was the best um I can, uh, I would argue that one just because westerns were never really my thing. I mean, that's fair. And I, I, I would, I, I would probably say the first one is my favorite. So, I think everyone can agree that the second one's kind of the worst. I would still put it above number three, honestly. But I, I, I just love. I love, I mean, yeah, they mix things up, they change timelines, or they change the way time travel works, I guess. Yeah. So I can see people not liking it for that aspect, because if you create rules, adhere to your rules. Yeah. But yeah, uh, so I wasn't trying to cut you off, continue with, uh, you know, impressions. Oh, I, I thoroughly enjoyed it, um, but then again, this is also whenever I was a super young kid and just didn't really have like certain appreciations for movies like I do now like at that point in time it was ooh moving pictures on TV and I could be brain dead and then nowadays it's more of a oh I see the effort it took to make that effect or that special thing or that person is actually doing a good job acting there and all, all that kind of stuff so uh, I feel like as you grow up and you become older and all that you develop a better sense and appreciation for certain arts or you don't I mean that's dependent on your life I don't know um, but at least for me and I I was a theater major at one point in time and I, I've always had a large electrical background a large mechanical background so it, I'm by no means an engineer however I've always wanted to know how they do certain effects and whether or not certain effects are actually realistic and all that if that makes any sense I mean I, I'm sure if we were to dive into that a little bit deeper and have a therapist session yeah that, that might be an episode in itself <laughs> future teasers right there um, <laughs> but yeah no uh, well, what, was, what was your impressions so I, I, I really don't remember the first time that I saw any of the movies I don't know the first time I saw it all the way through 
Um, I just remember always, you know, the DeLorean, the flux capacitor, you know, pop culture icons, really. Um, and so at some point I feel either I, my subconscious knew that I had seen them and I just don't remember it, or my subconscious was like, hey, you need to watch this. And... I, I remember wanting a DeLorean as a kid. Yeah, I remember and, wanting and, one and as well. And, and until I was, you know, in my teenage years, and I found out they were a complete and total shitbox. <laughs> but so, so, like, you know, I, I never had an attachment to the movie when it came to the romantic story that it tries to tell between Marty and Jennifer. Um, I don't really feel like I had an old science nerd to teach me stuff, so I didn't have that Doc Marty connection. Uh, I don't want to get into my home life, but I really feel like none of what happens, you know, but like, I still enjoyed the movie. I loved the, uh, science behind it, even if it's not true. I mean, time travel is still something heavily debated today Yeah, on possibilities, but just how they tried to make everything seem legit, I had an appreciation for. Yeah. Um... Yeah, I don't remember how old I was when I first saw it, or anything like that. So, it just the idea of being sent back in time to whenever your parents are in school was always something that intrigued me. Now, y- your parents went to the same school, right? Or did you did you share teachers and instructors with them? Um, so, I'm not sure about my dad's side. I'm sure I shared one or one or two teachers with him, and the only reason I say I'm sure I did was because on my mom's side, my junior year, I want to say, or maybe it was my sophomore year of high school, uh, my biology teacher uh, was the same teacher that my mom had. Okay. And I just remember because I had an issue with my teacher and talking to my mom about it at one point, and you know, it just kind of came up. It's like, oh, same teacher. So, for me, uh, my mom grew up in Grove, which is like, what, hour, hour and a half away? And then my dad uh, grew up in Owasso, which was, you know, north side of Tulsa and all that. And I grew up in Broken Arrow, went to Broken Arrow Public Schools. Um, however, whenever I was in uh, ninth and tenth grade, I, I had a... Uh, vice principal who was actually in my gra- uh, my dad's graduating class and who had always had the hots for my dad. So that was a little awkward especially you know whenever I got detention and all that every now and again. Part of me feels like he helped get me out of detention but I don't ask those kind of questions these days. I mean why ask the question if you don't want to know the answer? Exactly. Um, so you know, I was talking about uh, the idea of going back in time and seeing your kid, or sorry, seeing your parents at school. Because I don't know about you, but I- I've got a real bad memory when it comes to asking my family about the family history. Yeah. Like, I know I've asked my mom about our lineage countless times, and I still get information wrong. So don't ask me my origins, because. 
I, I remember a couple of small things, but not enough to remember, hey, we originate from this country and stuff. It's just not how my brain works. So the idea of seeing them whenever they're my age or yeah. something, you know, and just interacting with them is a really cool idea to me. Until you introduce the, I don't know what you want to call it, the... Um, dynamic. The dynamic or the, the paradox situation that is presented in this movie. Yeah. So, but, so let's say you're, you know, you take a time machine back to live in that time frame. Alright. According to the rules of this paradox presented in the first movie. Okay. I mean... How would you choose to first go about interacting with your parents? And I'm, I'm kind of jumping way ahead into something in our notes, but it feels like a good time to pull Well, in. one, uh, of course, actively try to avoid my parents, even at younger ages. Um, a part of me doesn't feel like that would be difficult. Uh, my dad was would either be working at that age or uh, he'd be playing soccer. That, that was, that was the, the two categories. He also had, you know, six brothers and a sister that he had to help tend with and all that stuff. So that's that's not a difficult challenge on his thing. Um, See, and on my mom's side, uh, hers was the opposite. She had... Uh, mom, you're going to hate me, but I'm trying to remember how many aunts, uncles. I want to say... So a uh, quick little editor's note after the fact. Um... Three aunts, one uncle. I don't know where I was getting my numbers. I was really confused. But anyways, back to the episode. That's another reason why I can't really ever remember the stories of the childhood. Because I can't remember, you know, which aunt was it that convinced you to kill the neighbor? And that is never a story that happened. I'm just being completely extreme for the sake of storytelling. But, you, you know, it's... With so many relatives to be discussed, it's hard to keep track of everyone and every story. Oh, yeah, no. And then, so, on my mom's side, she is the youngest of five. She has four older sisters. Um, so, lots of drama in that house. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and really, I can only recall, like, one or two stories that she said of her childhood and all that. Just off the top of my head, um, I, I know there's more. I know there's a lot more that she's told me throughout the years, but I also have the memory span of a goldfish sometimes, and uh, as you will find out as you listen to this podcast, I drink a lot. Um, but, I mean, that, that said, she, she was more the party animal and all that. Um, my parents didn't meet in high school, obviously. Um, they, they, they met... They met after my oldest sister was born. Actually, yes, after my oldest sister was born. Um, and there's lots of family drama to that as well uh, that I'm not going into on this. Oh, uh, no, not at all. That would... <laughs> if we ever choose to talk about that because I'm not a qualified therapist, you're not a qualified therapist, I hold my emotions close and who I choose to talk about that stuff with. I, I so I, I don't I don't need the, the therapy side of it at this point because it's it's all very out in the open in my family and all that and we're we're okay with it like we operate we're fine 
Um, however, just the amount of tea that that could produce online, right? Like, um, I, I, I don't, I don't, I don't want the internet having that information. Right, I'm not trying to air my dirty laundry for the world to see. It's not even mine. It's my family's. <laughs> like, uh, I, I, I don't, I don't think they would appreciate that. I'm not comfortable with that. Um, but we're off topic and. I mean, we're still kind of in topic, but yeah. Um, so, you know, we're at school with our parents and everything. We know, so I guess right off the bat in the movie, he still doesn't fully understand the paradox and the ramifications it could have. I mean, for one, this, you know, this movie, the prime timeline, you know, because, I mean, th th there's always the big question for people that watch the movie how does this movie take place is it on a closed loop is it on an open loop you know well like, it's it, it's it's got to be an open loop and the and the reason i say that it, it all boils down to one factor because in the very beginning the experiment takes place at the twin pines mall marty gets sent back in time and whenever he's driving off the Peabody Ranch, the uh, Two Pine Ranch, whatever it was. Uh, the Twin Pine yeah, the, the, Breeding the, Facility, I believe it was called. Yeah. Because uh, Doc mentions, or someone mentions, uh, a pine breeder or yeah. something. Um, but whenever that happens, he runs over one of the pine trees. And then, of course, the estate is later sold to the mall and all that, and it is named the Lone Pine Mall. So that right there tells me we are in an open loop versus a closed loop, meaning that we have our prime timeline where yeah. time travel never happened until this first moment versus it's a closed loop. Time travel has always happened. Marty has always been there in 1955. Yeah. Well, everything he's done has always had an effect and it need to take place exactly how it happened. There's no blah, 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 destiny, crap, blah, etc. Because um, time travel is weird. Oh, especially, I mean, you have so many different levels of time travel. So, so most people think of time travel as a sequence of events, you know, from point A to point B. When in all actuality, it's more of this... Um, uh, Giant ball of wibbly wobbly, timey wimey. That's and um, and yet and yes that 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 got away from me. I'm gonna say that's a uh, wonderful way to put it. That's also a Doctor Who quote. Okay. <laughs> so shout out to the Doctor Who fans and watch out for the angels. All right. So so since we're still you know in the beginning of the movie. Yep. We're at school with our parents. Now, let's just go ahead... Actually, let's jump back to before the traveling and time event. We're still at the Twin Pines Mall. At Twin Pines Mall. So, Dr. Brown there. You know, Marty be here at one fifteen. He was actually on time. He was. Barely. But... Still on time. But, so, in that sequence of events, he's got the remote control DeLorean. He's doing... All these maneuvers. Doc almost appeared suicidal in those moments, in the sense that I'm going to put the car 
over there on that side of the lot. And drive it directly to me? Yes. I'm going to stand right here. Marty tries to sneak away, and he gives him the crazy eye. Like, no, you need to stand right fucking here. I, 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 it, I, 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 want, I want you to get this head-on view of this car speeding at you at 88 miles an hour. Right, because it's either going to work or it's not my problem anymore. Yeah, that's true. Which, I mean... So... How do you... I mean, because I, I want to say he even mentions at some point... I don't remember the exacts. I know we just watched it, but... And there's also two other movies where he might touch on this, and it's been a few years since I've watched the other movies. But I want to say he touches on, you know, he felt like he was reaching for rope at that point, or reaching for threads, trying to... Make it work. Try, yeah, trying to solve it, because he says, I've solved time travel back in 1955, but I haven't been able to prove it. Or what you know, whatever. I, I invented is. it in November fifth, nineteen fifty-five. Yeah, you know, in a vision. I had a vision that showed me the flux capacitor. Yeah. So he's been working for thirty years to get that, and so I feel like after a while, that's going to put a mental strain on you and make you want to give up. Well, he he spent his whole family's fortune. He burned down the Brown family mansion so he could collect the insurance, and then sold the property. To uh, the uh, sold the property to uh, real estate owners and all that. Um, and to be honest, I'm I'm real curious as to because th this is is this takes place between 1955 and 1985. Whenever those events happen, I know in the early years he he had the potential to where. He would have had to fight basically the government potentially with uh, McCarthyism and all that. Um, and for those that don't know exactly what that is, that's whenever the uh, U.S. government uh, got real, real anti-socialism uh, and communism and all that stuff and really started to freak out. And if you had certain relations with certain people and all that stuff, um, you could get blacklisted from stuff. Uh, there were actors that got blacklisted, writers, professionals. I mean, for it, it, it was more prevalent to uh, more famous people, I guess I would say. Um, however, it, it was it was still always a possibility, you know. What, what's what's your neighbor doing, kind of thing, back then? Um, at least of my understanding of history, and I am by no means a history major, so please feel free to correct me if I am wrong, but that's my understanding of McCarthyism. But I, I, I feel like that could have had a very solid effect, especially whenever you think about it. Here you have this kid just show up out of the blue in this American school system. No one really knows his family, no one, no one really knows anything about this guy. I mean, it really seems like some people can't tell if he's a soldier, or sorry, if he's a sailor, or if he's a student. And I know back then, certain branches, you could enlist and still be in school. Yeah, you had, you had but, the auxiliary youths and all that. But I still feel like, you know, are people that dense 
1955 to see a kid wearing jeans and like an Abercrombie shirt and a vest and yeah. go, oh, that's a sailor. I mean, the vest is really what threw everyone off, but that's also because it was a big, giant, puffy vest. Yeah. So. Um, but yeah, no, I, I, I feel like there would have been a lot more suspicion, especially from the teachers and the faculty at the school about him. Because here you have this kid that randomly enrolled in for a week, and he came from the, the, the person who enrolled him was Doc Brown, of all people... Well, e- even then, you're telling me that there's not a single history teacher in that school that's a former military veteran? Yeah. Like, and I'd say history because most of your military vets, you know, stereotypically, if they become a teacher, they're a history teacher or... Math. Math or political science or, you know, but they're... A coach. A, the, 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 yeah, well, not, not from my knowledge... Not, not, not from my personal history. My, my, well, I, I had a lot of coaches that were that way. What well, they weren't, I they weren't my coach, but they were a coach because in my school district, at least, um, if you're going to teach, you have uh, if you're going to coach, you have to teach something. You can't just be coach. So a lot of them did either PE, history, math. Uh, there were a couple science ones. Um, I know in there was mid- an astronomy I, one too. I know in middle school, uh, my math teacher was the basketball coach, mm-hmm. but I don't think he had any military service behind his belt. So, um, uh, but yeah, so back to uh, the scene in the mall. Yeah, um, a couple of points really. The first one is breaking the fourth wall. It, you know, most movies from that time aren't known for breaking the fourth wall. Yeah, and on the one hand, I I, I do see your point because I know you're referencing how Marty basically looks at the camera and says, you built a time machine out of a DeLorean and just kind of like deadpan stares at the... At, at right, the- and, and just delivers, you know, it's... Here's that line of exposition for everyone that wasn't paying attention, which is going to come up later again, not paying attention in the beginning. Yeah. I felt like it was a real subtle fourth wall break. It was probably one of my favorite fourth wall breaks in early cinema. Okay, I'll give you that. Because, I mean, it doesn't go too over the top. It's not, you know, it's... They're not grabbing the camera and pulling it right up to their face. And it's it's not a Deadpool fourth wall break. Uh, right, which are, are, are good in their own right. Give, give me half a second. I mean, you can edit all this this out right here, but I, I'm not I'm not restating the line. You 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 you're just kind of stuck with it. But well, no, because we never fully finished the thing. Because it was like it's not a. It's not a Deadpool fourth wall break. Like, well, what what more did you want out of that line? Were you so, expecting so, so, magic to come out of it? So, so since you bring up Deadpool, um, and we just did Ready Player One, and we, God damn it, you're gonna cut half that shit out, aren't you? <laughs> you piece of shit. <laughs> at least, at least put it on on the Insta, so that way you know people I, have I, the behind I, the scenes. I, I, I will. But so, so speaking of Deadpool, and we're you know we're fresh off of Ready Player One, and um, I'm not sure if you can tell where I'm going with this yet. But there's an actor that appears in both of those movies. 
that is just truly amazing. Oh yeah, and, no. And, and, and we never got around to giving the proper de- uh uh I, I like I almost said uh, dead shout, but uh, I guess we never gave the proper shout out to. And um, I, I know who you're referencing. However, I don't know his name. I'm, I'm, I was trying to keep it going without touching on that because I was trying to pull it up. Uh, T.J. Miller. T.J. Miller. Um, so in Deadpool, he's the bartender dude. He's amazing. He's and, I Rock and Ready Player One. And just every role that he's in, he's himself. It seems like, you know, like yeah, but the, so is Nicolas Cage. Yeah, but it's completely different because we want T.J. Miller. <laughs> but I like Nick Cage every now and again. <laughs> but so, so just a quick little shout out there. Um, you know, tr- tr- truly amazing performances all around. Um, I don't know why he's getting the shout out here whenever he doesn't appear in Back to the Future. I don't know. This is like the weirdest tangent you've done in a while. It is, but but so, so just to bring it around, uh, I'm going to put him in Back to the Future. If they were to remake it, I want T.J. Miller to be Doc Brown. Tell me that that would not be a stunning performance. I I feel like he could do a good job, um, but but really, I I almost feel like I would go William Defoe for Doc Brown. Well, I, I want to push it a step further. Okay. Because Back to the Future, at least the second one, Back to the Future Part 2, was a, a, a big part in the way cinemas perform today. So with this remake, I would want T.J. Miller to have the likeness of Doc Brown as close as possible without crossing legal boundaries and that would just be a little Easter egg in and of itself. Yeah. And so for those of you that aren't aware, Crispin, Lover, uh, Crispin Glover had a huge lawsuit during the production of Back to the Future Part 2 because he chose not to reappear and they chose to use his likeness in the movie. At the time character or actor likenesses weren't protected by the Screen Actors Guild or any of, you know, the law staff that they have. I, I, I don't know the proper terminology. But it, it was not a protected right. Yeah. Because of that, uh, Chris, he, he sued and won $750,000 I believe it was in damages. And because of that, the Screen Actors Guild rewrote their rules and regulations. So because of Back to the Future Part 2, one of the critically hated movies, supposedly, of the Back to the Future franchise, yeah, we have these protection rules against likeness, which makes me wonder, you know, the effects of resurrecting the dead in movies, a la... Star Wars Rogue One with General Tarkin. Yeah. Or Admiral Tarkin, sorry. And stuff like that. But, that I mean, that's a tangent for another day. So, I, I do have a fun fact. Um, or, so, they, they created the original Back to the Future, right? And mm-hmm. then, a few years later, they're like, hey, we're going to continue this on, blah, blah, blah. 
Well, originally, they received approval to do the second, third, and a series. Well, second one comes out. The they 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 had they they managed to get the approval or the finished approval to finish the third one because they still had some shooting left on it to my knowledge. And then they released the third one, and when the third one came out, they decided, no, we're gonna pull back, we're not gonna do the series, all that stuff. So but yeah, no, there there was supposed to be a Back to the Future series. Now whether or not that was still following Marty McFly or something like that or even Doc Brown, I couldn't tell you, um, but I, I know there was supposed to be that at one point in time. I want to say there was a comic or a cartoon series that ran for a short time, which I might be mistaken. Well, the cartoon series is run by Dan, Har Dan Harmon, and it's called Rick and Morty. Well, you know what I mean. Am I, I wrong? You... you, you Am I wrong? Yes and no. <laughs> okay, so so I mean, we're, we're we're still in the mall. We, we keep getting off and on topic. We're just jumping all over the place. Yeah, I'll let you have fun with that editing. Uh, no, it, it, it's it's all one coherent storyline. The only editing that I have to do is adding beeps. Yeah, you're welcome for that too. So in the mall. The initial plan is for Doc Brown to have Marty there to record the first ever time travel instance. Hey, I'm going to go see the world, or see the times. Yeah. And as we know, things happen. Terrorists show up. Yelling ensues. Gunfighting ensues. Marty winds up in the DeLorean, and the story takes a different story. Yeah. How would the story differ if Doc Brown had just gotten in and been the one to time travel? You mean if if Marty would have shown up five, ten minutes early and they could have gotten things on the way five, ten minutes earlier and Doc could have been gone by the time they showed up? Yes, sure, let's go with that. <laughs> Granted, Marty's still sitting in the parking lot waiting... Because, well, actually, so, before we finish this little segment, I kind of forgot about it. This leads into something else. We have the, uh, we see Doc Brown putting Einstein in the DeLorean, and so the first creature that we know about in this universe to time travel is a dog. Yep. He travels for a supposed... One minute. One minute. Now... Because of how we do things, we had to time that scene and see how long it actually took for him to come back. One minute, 23 seconds. Exactly. So there's a 23 second delay per minute in my head canon of how this works. Moving forward in time. Yes. So, whenever... Well, I wouldn't even say that. Just, you know, because the longer you're gone, the longer it's going to take for you to come back, regardless of which way you go. Um... <laughs> So let's just say Doc Brown leaves, you know, because they have their conversation. Look me up when you get to the future. Ha ha ha. Doc Brown gets to the future. He looks around and cannot find any indication of Marty whatsoever. Yep. Except for a gravestone that reads... I, I don't remember what day it was whenever they leave. 
but it reads that same day. Yeah. Which makes Doc wonder what the hell happened. So he chooses to go back to the time that he left. Because we're going back in time. But because of the 23 second delay, he gets back 5-10 minutes too late. Yeah. You know, he comes back later because he was gone for that much time. It wasn't one minute, it was... He was gone for 20 minutes, you yeah. know. So he gets back and he sees Marty on the ground, all shot up, you know. It, it's a sad moment. And this starts the new adventure of Doc Brown. Because you can't have Doc without your Marty. So he has to go and find one. And this is where it becomes live action Rick and Morty. I mean, you're not wrong. It would be, it would be very, very fun to watch. Um, I also feel like it would make Doc a very callous person because he lost his original Marty. Um, but at the same time, I, I, I... Because... I feel like he would go crazy trying to figure out the 23 second delay. I, 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 I could definitely see that. Um, the the other side of it, then, really the big question I, I have is at what point in time did... Uh, did Doc and Marty's friendship begin? That's a good question because, as we know, it's not—it's not a closed loop. It is an open loop. So we see the beginning. Yeah. So, I mean, that's a really good question. Did he start like a middle school intern type thing, or because we don't know when Doc Brown lost his credibility? in society and in yeah. town and all that there is no telling they're, they're not neighbors so it's not like oh I saw him watering his plants well and and so in, in, in the original and all that um it, 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 it could have been you know Marty answering an ad and all that hey film this blah 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 looking for someone to feed my dog while I'm out of town for yeah experimentation yeah and now whenever we get to the the other half of the loop and all that whenever Marty makes it back well Doc already knows of Mar of Marty's existence right so at that point in that loop he's going to seek Marty out yeah now, does he do this subtly with uh, his Marty's parents, with Lorraine and all them, or because they they've met Doc? I want to know is there is there that bit of conversation because you know the movie is only an hour and a half long, an hour forty five something like that. I don't know the exact runtime. Yeah, but. It's a three-day cycle, give or take, of the events of the movie. Yeah. All that crammed into an hour and a half. There's definitely conversation missed. Yeah. So how much do Doc and Marty, I keep wanting to say Rick and Morty, but, you know, how much do those two actually converse with each other about, well, how did we meet, you know, if I'm this old and you're that old, why... How, how do we know of each other? Right, because obviously, you know, Doc is very adamant about... Preserving the timeline. I, I, I don't want to know crucial details. You know, I don't want to know about death and this and that. Yeah. But would you consider... How you meet someone a, crucial? Yeah, would that be... I mean, at that point you have to boil down... I feel like for them, yes, that would be crucial. 
That's but, that's but, their but, that's but, their but, entire but, relationship. But but the first time that you, you know, bought beer at the gas station and met that attendant, would that be crucial? You know, well, so, so, so what can and can't be well, shared? Well, so in these so I'll I'll, I'll 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 give a little bit of personal history. All right, so the the first time I the first time I met Frankie and all that. No clue who he was, didn't care, blah, 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 blah. Okay? Frankie, I really hope you find this podcast. I really do. Um, now, we work together, we, we've deployed together, blah, blah, blah. But really, the first time I met him, I, I, I couldn't have picked him out of the the next day. Now, with you... I could have picked him out. Well, I So, if you haven't been able to tell yet, these edits always kind of hit happen somewhere between the 45 minute to an hour mark. Uh, these happens for multiple reasons. This is normally the time when we either have to let the dogs in, let the cat, you know, let them feed and stuff, put them away for the night, or it's time for another drink, or in moments like this moment, we we start talking about things that we really realize we shouldn't be talking about with everyone else but the story leading up to it's just so good we don't have a way to segue out of it so you get this little bit of music instead and whenever the music ends we'll be back in the proper recording of the night uh thank you Also, real quick, before we get back into the episode, a few shout-outs. Um, IPC, SWU, Delayed Replay, type these into your search bar. What you find is what you want to listen to or watch, depending on where you search, but that should take you there. Go check them out. Am I good? Yep. So, back at the mall, and, and, and even transitioning away from the mall. Uh, the, the terrorists show up. Marty hops in the DeLorean. He starts taking off. Blah, blah, blah. Also, real quick, before you touch on that, he's driving around this parking lot. He has some driving experience. Yeah. Just based off, you know, he has plans for the next night to take the car. But, does he really have driving experience of this little... I don't know how you would classify a DeLorean. It's not really a sports car. It's not a sedan. It's, but you know, it's, it's something. I I understand that. So, but so and like, it's it's gonna feel awkward for him. However, the amount of adrenaline he has going through his system at this point, because he's getting shot at. I don't think he really cares about the car as long as it moves forward. Oh, no, but I'm thinking more about, does he have the understanding on how to control traction and handling and... Yeah, because... Should, should, should he be able to drive as well as he does? No, no, because spinning ain't winning. Especially since later in the series, there's the drag race incident with 
uh, a truck or a train. I don't remember the exact. We'll touch on that later when we actually get to that. Yeah. But you know, so the series does not show him to be the best driver. Most of the rest of the time that he's driving, there aren't roads. Yeah. <laughs> so that, that's also true. But yeah, no. So he he hops in the Lauren. He's zooming around the parking lot and all that. And really, if the bus would have just stopped, I feel like they would have gotten better shots off. Now, they're, they're shooting at his car. It's stainless steel, as are DeLoreans. Uh, so that's offering... As are most vehicles back then. No, they were just regular steel. Well, they, they were still not plastic. They're not, they're not fiberglass. <laughs> but, so, he, he's got some decent, you know, bullet protection for him, just based on, you know, the age of the vehicle. However, on the exterior of this vehicle, there's wires. There's a lot of wires. Okay? Now, somehow, miraculously, he managed to drive all around this parking lot getting shot at and then decides to zoom towards, I want to say it was a film kiosk. Looks like a newspaper stand or film kiosk or just some type of, yeah. Towards 90 miles an hour. Now, he's, he's, he's beelining straight for it as, like, he doesn't have a care in the fucking world about going through it. Which means he's confident in Doc's tech to where he's expecting to go back. He might not expect when to go back, but there's there's still a subconscious point in his brain saying, no, do it, you're going to get out of this, don't worry. You don't have to turn, just, just keep going straight. And then he ends up in a barn. Now, I was going to argue that until you said subconscious. Yeah. And that's because leading up to that moment, he says, let's see if these bastards can do 90. Yeah. And at that point, he's at that point you see him heading straight for the the rack. Yeah. And so, yeah, subconsciously he has faith, probably. Yeah. Because otherwise, why would he be heading straight for the rack of newspapers or whatever it is? Yeah. So he he gets taken back in time. He ends up he crashes into a barn. He has to be moving. Has to be moving. At least 35 miles an hour whenever he crashes into that barn. Without a seatbelt on. He crashed into a barn. Into hay bales, nonetheless. Which I'm sure was his only saving grace. But he still crashed. I guarantee you that was a rough landing right there. Oh, yes. So, gets out, meets the farmer. Farmer starts shooting at him. Gets back in the car. Drive, bust through the front of the farm. Well, and even right before that, you know, the farmer doesn't just go, oh, what's that? It's his little boy yeah. speaks out. And I mean, this is 1955. And you've got a kid that, for lack of a better term, is a nerd. Yeah. You know, because he's like, he's a spaceman. I've got this comic book and blah, blah, blah. And with out second guessing the sun at all the farmer is just like well aliens gotta die get out of here spaceman and just starts unleashing yeah just just pumping lead at that point but double lot buck is still gonna do some fucking damage i don't care who you are right so, like i mean it doesn't even crack the windshield it doesn't crack the windshield doesn't do any damage to the exterior electrical systems, one of which holds spent plutonium. 
Um, so it's, it's 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 a miracle that the car even runs at that point. Um, but yeah, I, I I forgot where my so, so so just imagine the the new timeline. You know, say he hits eighty eight and teleportation starts, but at the same time, buckshot hits a wire. So they teleport through. He gets through, crashes, everything happens just like that. And then the farmer hits buckshot again with another spot or something, you know. Well, it would have been... Right, right. I mean, it would have been AK for the first one. Yeah. And then buckshot for the second. But, you know, so something got hit the first time. Now, are they using NATO rounds? Sure. (laughs) Uh, and, And then buckshot hits the second time, which, let's just say for, you know, the way that they got hit, you know, because... it causes a surge or something in the system. Yeah. Congratulations, the first nuke is now in 1955. Well, not the first, but... It's definitely a dirty bomb test. Right. You know, congratulations, this nuke just went off out of nowhere. Yeah, so... Well, back to the future, let's try this again. But yeah, no, uh, so so there's that, um... I kind of have issues with, um... What was the segment after that? So we were gonna do the Hoover Dam, but we can save that until we get towards the end. Actually, no, Whenever. no, I'll, 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 I'll hit, I'll hit the Hoover Dam real quick. So he he runs, he runs to his uh, dad, he runs to his mom, and then he immediately goes to Doc, and he's explaining to Doc that he needs one point twenty one gigawatts of electricity, and according to Doc, the only thing at that point in time that creates that amount of power. Is a bolt of lightning. That's the only thing at that point in time that can create that amount of power in one second is a bolt of lightning. The Hoover Dam in 1955 was still able to produce roughly 4 billion kilowatt hours a year. That's a lot of power, but it's still going to take him 10 seconds before he's fully charged to, you know, go back in time. Now, I don't know if you need that all released at once, or or what. Right, and there's also still, were they calculating power sources that they have immediate access to, so they're not going to count the Hoover Dam because yeah. of distance? No, also at the time, 1955, the Hoover Dam was the largest generating power source in the world at that time. See, I, I did not know that. Yes, so because the first nuclear site was... Uh, shipping port Pennsylvania, and that was not completed until three years later in 1958. Now, I don't know when uh, or how much power that put out, but because uh, I stopped at the 58 because it's already three years too late. Although, if you have a time machine, does that really matter? Uh, I mean, if it runs off plutonium and you only have so many charges, then yeah. I mean, plutonium still exists. However, like, I mean, but I mean, really, if you have that reserves of plutonium, wouldn't you just put it in the back seat and buckle it up so you have it with you when you travel? That that I would mean, that would eliminate most of these problems right here. I mean, I would. Wouldn't there be a user guide for hey, you know, in the glove box, time machine operation manual. Well, insert plutonium into plutonium reactor chamber. Well, you also got to remember, this was Doc's leisure vehicle at this point in time. 
so he didn't necessarily need that. However, um, he still had a briefcase that was full of all the fucking currencies that he would ever need. Now, but we don't see that until he's gone to the future at the end of the first one and comes back at the start of the second one. Because you know, he, he wouldn't have accrued the currency until he's made his travels. Okay, okay, yeah. Yeah, you're, you're right, you're right. I'm jumping movies. Now, so you go back in time and all that, you're interacting with your parents and all that. Do you, do you choose to play undercover like what Marty did, or, or would you just be honest with them? And, and, and by that, I mean, would you just sit them down and be like, Hey, here's the deal. I'm your son from the future. Here's my evidence, because he does have evidence. He's got a picture of, you know, the his siblings, himself, uh, the the class t-shirt. There's um, the uh, brochure of the clock tower and all that. So do, 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 you, do you approach them honestly with your evidence and just kind of sit there and like, hey, you two are meant to be together. You were together my whole life. I need you to be together. Otherwise... Hey, guess what? I'm gonna cease to exist. So, uh, can can you all just kind of work this out for me, kind of thing? Which ca- sounds kind of greedy on one hand, but his his life does hang in the balance there. Okay, so you bring up, bring up a lot of valid points, and I want to <coughs> kind of break it down piece by piece. So, first, the prime question was, do I attempt to be honest? Yeah. If I've only got one shot at this, like the movie shows, you know, there's no, you failed, re- restart from the beginning of the day, try again. You know, yeah. there's none of that. If I've only got one shot, I'm probably not going to try to be honest. Okay. And that's just because, think about how many, you know, parents out there that are happy, you know, keywords in this, happy parents. You know, how many of these relationships are actually happy? And out of those happy ones, how many of those were high school loves? And out of the ones that knew each other in high school, how many of them liked each other in high school? As we see in this movie, you know, he's reclusive, keeps to himself. She's a little bit more of a social butterfly. She's... I'm not going to say she's popular, but she's more well-known than, hey, there's George McFly, the weirdo. And so if you were to try to sit those two down together... She, she's better received than George. But you also got to remember, this is... 80 no, years the, ago? Yeah, this is in 55. So roughly 80 so years ago? we're... We're at like 68 years or something like that. We're almost at 70 years ago. Because we're in 2021 right now. Okay, yeah. So, so so we're approaching 70 years here in the next four years. Okay, so... W- with that thought, I mean... Back during his time, during Marty's time in 85 and all that, um, it was... Even it was it was still likely that you had those uh, high school sweethearts that were still together, and the further you, yes, but they the further you go back, the better those 
the, the more common those high school sweethearts success stories are. It's it's not until but the reasons behind that offer up a whole group of arguments and discussions on their own. I mean, yeah. But I mean, so just to kind of keep going with what I was saying, you know. Yeah, you know, you do have those high school sweethearts that last in that time frame. But in this scenario, they were not high school sweethearts. No. Are are you going to be able to sit down, say the head cheerleader, and the kid that sits with the group of people that sit in the corner playing Magic the Gathering? Are you going to be able to sit those two together and convince them both that they are destined to end up together and have three children and be happy? Okay, well, Which in itself is a lie, but present your counter-argument before you break into it's a lie. So, well, let's be more honest. He, she definitely wasn't a cheerleader. No, but, she, but, but just for that... She wasn't you know, the most popular. So, we'll put an average female in high school versus literally... The nerd, the worst nerd, the Poindexter, the lowest of the low tier. Okay, because that's 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 what George was. Uh, okay, but in that in defense, I say that my argument stands equally strong as is if it was the head cheerleader. Okay, I feel like my argument does not change one bit. But feel free to elaborate to your extent. Now, here you have a kid that shows up out of the blue, out of nowhere. With evidence of you two being together. I do not accept the photo as enough evidence. Okay. E even though it's 1955, this is a kid that came out of nowhere. Um, he could have made this shirt himself. It could be a group of friends. This could be some elaborate prank. Alright, so... Especially since Doc Brown is a known person, and as you mentioned earlier, he's the person that enrolled him. So, uh... But, she, she also... She has a thing for Marty at this point in time. So she, she's gonna... She's at least going to listen and humor him. Maybe not to the fullest extent, but... Not, the only reason she has a thing for Marty at this point is because... The Florence Nightingale effect? Yes. Which, it still Which exists. would have happened to... If, he, if we're taking the honesty route, you would have either have already had this interaction before that effect happened. No, he didn't have the time to. So, so it would have happened as is. So, 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 so at that point, you're saying... No, no, no. So, because he, he gets to 1955, the first thing he do, the first person he runs into is George, right? Mm -hmm. He then follows George to a Peeping Tom location, and then gets hit by the truck and has the Florence Nightingale effect. It's not until the next day that he would have the earnest and opportune moment to be like, Hey, I'm your two son. I need you two to get together, so that way I can survive. Oh, okay, but if we're going full honesty, how do you explain that situation to them? Hey. With words? Um, Dad, you were supposed to get hit by you were Grandpa's to... truck peeping on Mom, and you have to explain this to both of them. 
So by explaining it, that the effect is lost. And just because you're told doesn't mean it's going to happen. And, and, and like I said earlier, so, and like I said earlier, whenever happy family was a crucial word. Yeah. Um, so, no, no. So what, what you can, what, what would have happened is, so he, he sits him down, he talks to him, he explains who he is, he plants this seed and all that, and the real big kicker evidence that he has is he has a flyer of the clock tower that is stopped on this one time. So whenever he goes back and they wake up the day after the enchantment under the sea and all that, whether or not they spent that night together or not, they both have seen this item. And almost, all they have to do... Almost like an Inception event. Yes. Almost, because now it's been planted and they can't help but wonder what if. Okay, so it, it, but, it, it, it's been planted... But, but, but would that effect be strong enough to actually pull them into that relationship? I, 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 Do I, you think without the, um, I'm sorry, the name of the effect... The Florence Nightingale effect? Yes, the uh, Florence Nightingale. So, Do you think without that effect that they could have built their relationship and had it be strong enough for it to be where we see it at the start of the movie? Yes. Yes, because at the start of the movie, both of them are miserable. He is still being bullied around by Biff. Uh, he's still reserved. He, you know, he... I don't even remember what he does for work. He he's some kind of accountant kind of thing. Right, but writes you know, reports for Beth. Versus uh, his mom, who is a day drinker. I'm not going to call her an alcoholic, but she is a day drinker for sure. Uh, I think in, I think in the second one, whenever in Biff's timeline, she is an alcoholic and yes. is called an alcoholic. But but in, in prime timeline she she's a day drinker. On a minute. Uh, it, it, it's never straight up said that she's depressed that she but you can see that they are not happy in that family yes. dynamic. That her effect you know, she because of the timeline that they were raised in, I feel like a lot of that the preachiness from their parents was the you find the one that you love and you make it work, you know versus nowadays now now that, that, that that's not to say that she she wouldn't have stuck around long enough to have Marty born and then just up and outed but it, it I, I feel like he could at least guaranteed his existence but at the same time I don't think he with the honesty approach I don't think he could have guaranteed a happy relation. Although that said, the relationship would have been founded more on an honesty kind of thing and expectation versus that Florence Nightingale effect where, okay, I'm miserable in this. I made a mistake. It's, no, this was supposed to happen. Whether or not we actually agree with each other on everything is a different story. It... it, it, it it puts it more into an arranged marriage kind of situation, and if you look at the statistics for arranged marriage versus uh, conventional marriage that we have today, the arranged marriages actually have a higher respect ratio and a higher satisfaction ratio for the couple than a normal conventional marriage. 
so you really bring up a lot of topics that I never even really thought about with all of this, you know, being like uh, divorce rates and the assigned marriages and all that. I was more or less thinking along the lines of just if you tell two people that they're destined to be together, does that change the fact that they're going to end up together because they don't get that choice? Or just, you know, they no longer have that initial interaction that creates the spark. Because now the spark was preemptively presented and it could have burned all the fuel that was laying the basis for the fire. So now it's no longer there. Yeah. So, uh, uh, it really really boils down to a, a few things and a few of these things are things you can never predict in people. Because um, on the one hand, there's the psychological side of it of, I've told you this, it is now destined to happen. Okay? There's the other side of it, that because you told me that, I'm going to do literally everything in my power to defy your will. I don't care who you are, I will not let it happen. Which nine times out of ten typically makes it happen, which is the irony of that. Which, that's the reason why, in that scenario, I would choose not to divulge the truth. I would, pro I mean, I, I feel like I would be smarter than Marty in that situation, but there's no telling because of adrenaline and everything, and, I mean, how many times does he slip up with mom, dad, you know, and just, like, small stuff like that. Yeah. But, so let's just say, for whatever reason, we choose to tell the truth, and they say yes, so... You know, the, the picture's fine, you're not being obliterated. Yay, I'm saved. Do you choose to take it a step further? Oh, fuck yeah. And so... Oh, the, oh, fuck yeah. And, and just for clarification, hey, you guys should invest in Microsoft. Uh, pay attention for this thing called Bitcoin that's going to come out. Look, um, look, look for Apple, blah, you blah, know, blah. Because, so, so the Bitcoin would be, if, if this were to happen now... Marty would have been sent from 2021 to roughly two or 97, I think it was. Yeah, so somewhere in that range. Uh, well, no, it's, it's he, you know, so so, so he, he would end no, up in mid no. to late it, 90s. It is, it is 30 years. He well, would, uh, okay, so if it's 30 years from now, it would be 91 because I'm getting ready yeah. to have my 30 my 30th birthday. Okay, okay, so like so he ended up week. in 91. I know uh, the way I was thinking earlier was just you know let's just say the movie they end up in 95 just. Yeah. You know, because that's something that I, I I was young enough to I was around, and I was like kindergarten age, so I have small memory time span. So it'd be fun to see how Hollywood interpreted that time frame now, and see how much I actually remembered yeah. and how accurate. So it so so no, if that were the case, I would I would one hundred percent most definitely tell my parents to invest in Bitcoin in 2010. Not 2009, but 2010. Because in 2010, that, that, it, it hasn't truly gained traction. However, it's been around long enough that I think if they were to invest 100 to $1,000, it's really not going to affect it that much on now, the timeline scale. Now, if you were saying you know that and say regards to like Microsoft or Google or something. Yeah. I could see it. 
but whenever it's something that started small, I mean, and Microsoft and Google started small also, but when, by the time they got to stocks, they were bigger. It's it's the same basic concept. It, it, it is, but I feel it, like it, it's, if, it, it, if you give this group of people money too soon, before they were supposed to make these financial decisions, are they financially responsible enough to make these decisions, and can you expect the same outcomes? Well, no, you, you can never expect the same outcomes. Um, but, but the other side of it, if, if you're telling your family to invest in Apple or Microsoft back in the 50s, whenever, you know, it's it, you still got 20 years before either of those is really going to kick off on a minimum. I, I forget the exact year that both those came out. I want to say it was around. True, but, I mean, you could, you know, hey, here's this. Now, here's a one piece of paper that has, you know, hey, put this in your private folder whenever you need financial advice, look at it, or something. Yeah. And it would just be, and and here would be the top five financial decisions you need to make, and you could have precursors on there. If at any point one of these does not follow through with this time frame, completely ignore this list because it is null and void. But that's putting a lot of faith in... Believing it, the man from the future. It, it, it is the exact same principle in my mind as handing them the almanac. I mean... It's the, it's the exact same principle. You're just betting on different horses. That's it. One, the almanac, you're betting on actual horses and games and all that. The other one, you're, you're betting on stock portfolios. Okay? Warn, warn them of the housing crisis of 2008... Tell them to invest in Bitcoin in 2010, and then whenever you're finally an adult and all that shit, let's face it, because they invested in Bitcoin in 2010, they're a multi-billionaire at this point. I don't know that they'd be a billionaire. I don't know the exchange rate as far as, you know, a hundred to a $1,000 into Bitcoin in, oh, well, in, in, in 2K10 versus 2021, I don't I don't know how much that would grow, but I'm sure it's enough to where the family definitely has zero need to rely on money. Well, see, and what that's making me think of, I wasn't even thinking conversion rate, but just more along the sense of, because throughout this whole movie we get these moments of, you know, we have this moral story and do the right thing, be a good person and good things will come to you. As we see, he starts off not having the best life. He still has a good life. He has two parents that love him. He has a roof over his head. He has, you know, but they struggle to make ends meet. Yeah. But he goes through and does the right course of events, and his father gets a dose of courage, and... Liquid courage of that. Yes. Uh, Without the liquid courage, the spiked punch bowl... There's no saying if he would have had the courage to punch Biff in the face. But that all leads into, you know, at the end, you know, they've got this money. Not as much as you were just referencing if they invested. But, you know, you see, you know, the brother has a good office job. But, you know, everyone's doing good for themselves. Yeah. And so things are looking good. We get these moral positives. And then you get Crispin Glover, the dad... 
turning into the bully, and I only say the bully because the way that they present the bully character in this movie verbally is, you know, hey McFly, I need this paper, don't forget, you know, just the constant, like, antagonizing, make sure you do it right. Yeah. Which isn't really a bully aspect, but the way they present it in this movie makes it a bully aspect. Yeah. And at the end of the movie, now that he's got all the money, this and that, he utters almost verbatim those same lines about now, make now sure Biff, it's done. Make sure you put two coats on. Now, Biff, don't you con me. Right, yeah. It's just the whole, you know, he's demeaning and... I'm better than you because I have the money. And I feel like that character would have been so much better if he would just would have been, Biff, I know what type of person you are. I know it shouldn't take this long. You know, and, and just call him out. Don't be almighty or, you know, yeah, all better than thou. But Holier than thou? Yes, that, that, that's the line I was looking for. Uh, but I realized we completely skipped over the... Um, how do they not realize that their 16, 17 year old child their third born looks just like his best friend her ex-lover her one off one time possible fling you know they don't you know hey let's name our third born after your friend and then he grows up to look like your friend like all those odd coincidences that they never realize I I I don't know if it was Robot Chicken or whatever. I, I know it's been touched on in some satire cartoon and all that. I, I really feel like it was Robot Chicken. It might have been I, I'm, I'm going to have to look through those because I don't remember ever seeing this topic touched on in one of those two. So it, 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 it was touched on. I don't know which one it was. Um, but yeah, no, it, it, it basically calls it out almost... Uh, as if, you know, you, what, you, you wouldn't think I wouldn't notice? He looks exactly like my best friend from high school and all that. My only friend from high school. Now, you can argue, just because, you know, I, I want to offer the devil's advocate argument here, as I will tend to do a lot, just to make sure we get both sides of it. Um, you, you can argue that this was in high school, it took course over a three-day time period, and that was... 30 years ago. Yeah. Go back 30 years and try to remember a face that you only knew for a weekend. Look, man, I was in a placenta at this point in time. But 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 you you know what I mean. You know, try and go back, you know, so long and try to pull out a face that you only knew for a very short time frame. I, I, how, I, how well could you replicate that? I, Especially if they're slim to none pictures of you together. I, 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 I get what you're saying, and I understand stand the concept and all that. Um, I think the only the, the only benefit that Marty really has going for him is that he still looks like George McFly, at least to a little bit. Like He looks like he could be the child of George and Lorraine. They did a great job on casting on that side. Um, however, if I was George... And all that, and I had this friend named Marty who took my wife to prom. I it might be a slight red flag, even 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 though he let me take her home from prom. 
Like, I mean, to be fair, he was fighting for you to go with her the whole time. He he he, he, he was playing the role of, I don't want her. I know you want her. And I think secretly she wants you. She just doesn't realize it. Yep. Which is a weird, you know, game to play, you know. I can't say I haven't experienced it in my life before. I mean, I, I have as well. But still, it's... The, 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 the other side of that is... So, the uh, as things are wrapping up and all that... Um, and it, it, it's, it's a really weird line whenever you think of the context of it. So... Lorraine asks Marty, hey, can George take me home, blah, blah, blah. Marty's like, sure, yeah, sure, that's that's not a problem. I knew you two would hit it off, etc., etc. And then she's like, will we ever see you again? It's like she knows he's getting ready to disappear. I don't think he ever disclosed that he was going to be gone at the end of the week. I actually never picked up on that little subtle reference right there. Yeah, no, she, she asks if, if they're ever going to see him again. And he responds, "Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm sure you will, and all that." Well, if I'm George and I overhear that, and then all of a sudden, thirty years later, my son just happens to look like this guy, if that's not going to be a red flag, I don't know what the fuck. Well, even better. Okay, so let's just say, um, we're, we're jumping forward. I, I feel like we've touched on all the, you know, not remembering the face and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, so let's jump forward to we're back in the future. And so we have the uh, our Marty is prime Marty, so he doesn't remember Timeline 2's childhood. Correct. So we also have parents from Timeline 2 that were the children from the past. So to pick up on what you were saying, you know, we we see our kid growing up and becoming this person like at what point are they just like hold on a second he's hanging out with that doc brown doc brown said something about time travel blah blah blah, blah. you know just at what point would they put two and two together well well again at what at what point in time but, like, Did Doc but, Brown and Marty's friendship begin? Well, well, would the parents realize it that morning whenever he comes home and kind of starts freaking out about the car being wrecked and stuff like that, and none of that's true, and maybe then they would start being like, you know, maybe the mom's like, let me see your underwear. Because he would still be wearing the purple Calvin Klein's. He... He and, would. And, and, and I feel like she would have a very... Distinct know, I, memory of that? Yes. And I, I would like to see her realization of the, oh my god, I, oh my god, he knows. Oh my god, I tried to sleep with my son. Right. I, I, I mean... But I guess you all aren't ready for that. I, I, I mean, so, so right Your after... Kids are love it. Right after the uh, incident with the manure truck, I mean... That's a prime example. Uh, I mean, let alone the waking up in the bed and calling for mom and, oh, Calvin, Calvin, it's written on your underwear. That's why your name's Calvin. You know, besides all that, after the incident with the manure, you know, and the kid give me your, uh, I don't know what you want to call it, but he turns it into a skateboard. Uh, Scooter? Yeah. So a after that, 
you have the who's that guy? Who's that guy? And then it zooms in on Loretta, Lorraine. Lorraine. Sorry, uh, I'm thinking of uh, the Conjuring movies. But uh, so it zooms in on Lorraine, and she's like, "I don't know, but I'm gonna find out." And it's like in that one moment, you're like, "Okay, so uh, she's got the hots for her son, and that's fucking weird." Yeah. Yeah, it is. Now, dramatic irony is a difficult thing for us to get around, but it, it still exists. Um, I mean, it doesn't help that we go from that to within 20 minutes, um, as you heard in the intro, um, I don't know, but when I kiss you, it seems like I'm kissing my brother. Yeah. Um... So, she goes from having the hots for her son, which she doesn't know is her son, to kissing her son, and then we get the context of she knows what incest is like? How does she know what it's like to kiss her brother? Exactly. I mean, it, and which brother? She's got three or four of them. She's got two of them. One's a baby. That's her brother Joey. And then there's the brother in the coon hat. There's the brother in the coon hat. And then the other one was a sister. I feel like there were two other children. It was a family of, family of four kids. I mean... Okay, I'll accept that. But still, you know, I mean... And what we're just kind of reaching because, you know, the whole concept of the movie is... Fun fact, you know, this movie almost didn't get picked up because of the ancestral storylines. I don't remember who all turned it down first, but I know a lot of groups did because the idea of a son going back in time and his mom having the hots for him. Yes. That was kind of hard for them to get on board with, and then eventually they were just like, you know, Universal was like, hey, let's do it. I'm pretty sure the story was spun a different way with a different approach. I don't know the full ins and outs, but still, just imagining those executive board meetings. Uh, so, uh, of, so, so just imagine current day if this story was presented. If this Disney. story was presented nowadays, it would most definitely be a porno. Well, I'm just thinking the presentation to Disney today, to, to Bob Eager. Uh, so, uh, hey, Bob, I've, I've got this story... It's about this uh, scientist. He's in his late 70s to early 80s. Uh, he's got this 15-year-old boy that hangs around him all the time. And they and, and they do, you know, some, some weird scientific things together. And then in one of these instances, they end up accidentally sending him back in time. And he has to meet his teenage mother. And his mother falls in love with it. At what point is Bob just like, no, shut up, get out of my office. I never want to hear from you again. Like, and that's why he went to Universal. But like, so, but like, so there's so many small lines in this plot throughout this movie that are borderline holy cow. But this movie does it really well. Uh, I I hate to see what was left on the drawing room floor. I really do. Um, because I feel like the level of inappropriateness that it could potentially cascade is just outlandish. But no, 100%, if this movie were to be made today, I guarantee you it would not be 
it, it, it would never make it to theaters. It would be it would be direct. It would be direct release to Pornhub Premium, without a doubt, no question in my mind. Uh, uh, okay, so, so let, let's try and pull it out of the extremely adult graphic themes, and um, I, we are kind of getting towards the wind down here. We got just a few more topics to touch on. And uh, so, so our first topic here is going to be uh, uh, meme culture. And so, you know, within this movie, we have Michael J. Fox, Marty, dancing around, playing the guitar on stage, uh, pretty much reenacting every popular 80s to 90s, or uh, late 70s, 80s. Yeah. Uh, guitarist dance motion whatever you want to call it you know stage performance he's doing all of them and then it ends and we get the line of i guess you all aren't ready for that yeah uh, but, but your but, kids are gonna but love your it kids are gonna love it and that moment has been transformed into multiple memes especially for the libertarians yes uh but so like with, with that, you know, that's one meme that I know I've seen generated from this pop culture movie involving like, uh, uh, you know, like politics and stuff like that, talking about freedom of rights and just all these other things where they're just like, oh, you're not ready for that, but your kids are gonna love it. Just with those memes showing the advancement of the youth of today taking the next step into leading the world. You know, and that's kind of a broad definition Spectrum. of how this meme is working. But that's a way that I like to view it as. It's showing that advancements are being made even if they're not in methods that we would think they would be made in. Societal growth. Um, yeah. Um, that's really the only meme I can think of that's really generated from this movie. I mean, I, I think I've seen a few where they involve, like, you know, we have to go back... But I don't remember the exact context of said memes. Uh, I can't either. Um, you're you're the meme guy. I'm just here to sit here, look pretty, and talk. I mean, you and don't, frankly, I'm failing on the look pretty part. I mean, luckily, you can fail all you want on look pretty because we are not on YouTube, and we have no plans to get on YouTube anytime soon. You're not wrong. Um, gonna, are, when are we gonna break break onto Twitch? I have zero intention of getting on Twitch as well. Okay. Hey, you're in charge of all that. Again, I'm just here to, you know, look pretty and talk. Um, so, so again, let's throw ourselves back in the universe here. Um, so you've met your parents. You've <laughs> gone through the storyline, either with telling the truth or playing the movie out. Take your pick. It doesn't matter. We get to the point where you're about to leave your parents for the final time. You're about to time travel back to your own world. Yeah. Do you have any final world words for them? And th this isn't invest in Bitcoin or stuff like that. But, you know, in the movie, Marty is like, uh, if in the future you decide to have kids and one of them birds the rug, take it easy on them or something like that. So actually, I, 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 do, I do have a a couple um, concepts on this uh, so one um, don't build a homemade swing set 
And there's backstory behind that, but basically I busted my head open whenever I was like four years old on a homemade swing set with a two by six that came back and just totally, I got scars on my head still from it. I had to get stitches. Um, so that'd be one. The other is if you get in a car accident, go to the ER, take the ambulance, right? It's, it's worth it do it and the only reason i say that one despite the cost of it is because the amount of car accidents me and my family have been in that required an ambulance to show up on site is just the one with me and i should have gone to the er i should have i was bleeding out of the back of my head and my family didn't take me to the er and that would that one that one would have i, I should have gone i was definitely concussed um i feel like that plays a major attribute into a lot of my personality these days. Um, but I feel like you telling them that would make them ask questions where you'd be like, can't talk, gotta go, bye, but make sure you call the ambulance. Like That would put the fear of God in them and be like, we can never have kids. <laughs> like, you trying to help them in that scenario would... Like, you'd be running back to the DeLorean and looking at the photo, and next thing you know, the photo just ceased to exist. You're like, what would... What? And, and, and you slowly disintegrate as they become, like, <laughs> the superpower couple with no kids that just... Right, like, they still stay together because they realize that they're happy together, and they realize they're happier without kids. Yeah, no, that that, that <laughs> would be my luck out of everything. So, so, so for mine, I, I'm going to dial it way back on the... I mean, it's still going to be kind of emergency-based, but it would be um, when you set up the tent inside the house and your children are watching Spider-Man, move the coffee table. <laughs> I wound up getting stitches uh, in my eyebrow I don't remember how many it was a good amount there was blood everywhere I tried to be Spider-Man newsflash I am not Spider-Man I mean I could have told you that and I mean you didn't know me then I mean that's fair but yes yeah, so, so, so that would definitely be my final words to my mom as I left um but now, as he's going to leave, we get the incident at the clock tower. I don't want to say incident, but we get the moment at the clock tower. Yeah. Um, so we have, like, you know, the DeLorean choosing to not start at the right time, which causes a delay, which throws off the time factor of the pre-calculated has to happen immediately for this to happen. You have... Oh, my God. So there, there's, there's so much in... In that last final scene before he goes back, because so I, I'm an ex tower climber. You're a current tower climber, and all that. So they're, they're they're there. The the tree gets struck by lightning. It pulls uh, the the cable out from the socket up top, which should have been better secured 100%. Um, well, but in a time of emergency, you know as well as I do, if you're doing an emergency job, you're going to focus on getting everything, getting everything hooked up. We'll support it in a couple of spots once we're done. We'll come back to it. Yeah, yeah, no. One, one of, it, it, it's, it's supposed to be a temporary thing. Uh, however, whenever it comes to a pull-out plug, I personally would have better supported that. 
Me personally, that's just how I would have been. Because I've worked with extension cords. Whenever I grew up, um, I had a, an electric weed eater, and I had to weed eat a, an acre lot. And to get out to the far points and all that, it was the full length of the extension cords that I had. And half the time, they would come unplugged whenever I'd be moving across the yard. So, from my experience on that, I would have better secured. Um, but, so, we have we have Doc Brown. He, he it comes unplugged. He, he chooses to grab the rope. He runs up to the top of the clock tower. And he drops it down to Marty to tie it onto and send it up. Now, whenever he pulls the rope up with the cable and all that, instead of... Or pulls the cable up with the rope. Yeah, he pulls the cable up with the rope. Sorry, yes, I, I am turning grammar Nazi, uh, you know, after so many drinks. Well, fuck you. Um, but, so, he, he pulls it up and all that. Instead, he decides to untie the cable from the rope. Untie the cable from the rope. And then he decides to move across the face. Now, if it would have been me... And I would assume probably you, you would have left the rope tied to the cable, wrapped it around the, the statue up there a couple times, moved across the face, unwrapped it, and then plugged it in, or, or attempted to plug it in. Because, let's face it, whenever he went to plug it in, he had to pull it out from the other side because Marty wasn't smart enough to unwrap it from underneath the tree and take it over the tree that would pull it over. Well, Marty couldn't be involved in that moment because he was at the end of the street already with the DeLorean trying to work with the failed battery or starter or whatever it was. Whenever he tied it to the rope, he could run over to the other plug, run it out from underneath the tree, and back into the original plug. Well, that has nothing to do with Marty, though. That was all Doc. Doc's the one that did it, but Marty could have. Marty could have, but he, but he had a different task already. So, anyway, it it would have been easier for him because it would have been on his way to the DeLorean anyway to do that. Um, now so Doc Brown he he unplugs it, he plugs it back in up top. Wraps a couple coils around, and then he decides, "Hey, I'm gonna slide down this electrical line, this this wire." And I don't know about you, but I know that fucking if you start sliding down wire at any kind of speed, it can fucking cut you in half. Oh, it's definitely gonna leave some strong abrasions in your skin. Yeah, he had gloves on, but I don't think gloves are enough to really stop it at the angle he was approaching. Um, like, really, that should have hurt him a lot more than it did, in my opinion. Um, so he gets to the tree, he unhooks it from the tree, runs it over, plugs it in. So, Doc barely makes his schedule on making sure that the line's connected and all that. Marty, at the far end and all that, he, uh, he, 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 he's in the DeLorean, He's getting ready to start. He's waiting on the alarm. The DeLorean dies. He's trying to get started, trying to get started, trying to get started. The alarm goes off. He's trying to get started. He's trying to get started. Hits his head on the steering wheel. It starts. Takes a couple seconds. Takes off. Okay. Takes off as fast as he can. It is only by sheer luck 
that that's when the lightning strikes is whenever he makes contact to that line. Because lightning moves at the speed of light, or very, very close to it. But don't they say that they know the exact time that lightning struck the tower? Supposedly. Now how they know this, I don't have a fucking clue, because there's not a goddamn second hand on that clock face. Which... So you have a whole minute. Now, we, we didn't time this like we did the earlier segment, but for... You know, shits and giggles. We're going to say it's a 23-second delay between the DeLorean stalling out and finally getting motion off the line. Sure. You know, so 23 seconds seems like the fair play of allowance because that's how they miscalculated it in the movie. Sure. I'll, I'll throw it just for an irony. But at the same time... That's a lot of... That's a lot of play for something that you're trying to get so exact. That should be so... Yes, that should be so calculated. You have... The lightning is going to strike... The lightning is going to strike the tower at this exact time, which is going to close the circuit for this 1.21 gigawatts of power to transfer through this power line and hit this hook. But that connection has to be made at that time frame. And you can't sit there and hold it because the vehicle has to be moving. Now, if it was me, I would have just had a really long cable attached to that hook. Yep. And say, it's wrapped around. Here's your circle track around Hill Valley, around the clock tower, because there's no other tall buildings on that block. That you can drive, so you can drive a circle around. Obviously, you can't keep going a circle because it's going to get shorter and shorter and shorter. But you could have that long cable and just be like, "Hey, you can get from eighty-eight from here to here," and you have a ten-second window of hitting eighty-eight before you run out of room or something, and you have to slow down, which opens your window instead of just hit this point at the right time. To, hey, make sure you hit 88 sometime between 154 and 28 seconds and 154 and 50 seconds. It, you know, it opens your window up a little bit more. So I, I'm, I'm currently looking up... Okay, so the greatest duration for a single lightning flash in history is 16 seconds or 16.73 seconds from a flash that developed continuously over northern Argentina. So that's one flash that lasted almost 20 seconds? That's one flash that lasted almost 20 seconds. Okay. Okay, but the flashes in Back to the Future are nowhere near 20 second flashes. No. I would say those are at most like a one and a half second flash. So I'm 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 real curious as to the amount of distance you would cover at 88 miles per hour for a minute. Uh, well, couldn't you just take? So that would be in 60 minutes. You would go 88 miles. So just take 88 and divide by 60. And that's how far you would get in one minute. Or in one second. Or, sorry, how exactly was the wording on your... 
I want to know the distance covered going 88 miles an hour for a minute. So I know I've already covered a mile. So 88, so in one hour, so... So in one minute, so an hour. So yeah, just divide by. No, it, it it's it's just shy of a mile and a half. Yeah, just shy of a mile and a half. So he needs a mile and a half runway with a cable that's long enough to stretch him from point A to point B. So really, if if the if the cables and I feel center, like that's doable in that scenario. The, the hardest part would be the mile and a half, but he had a longer stretch of road he could have used. He just didn't go as far back. True, true. Um, now, so... And you could have the wire rig to be caught by the hook when he gets closer to range, so you don't need as much wire to actually travel with. Well, see, I wouldn't I wouldn't even use the, the wire hook. Like, I, w- I would have just had that directly pumped into him and then had a mile well not even a mile and a half really uh it would be three quarters of a three quarters of a long mile cable because that would cover the the front end of the mile and the back end of the mile you're saying just uses like a tracking so as long as it's on it instead of it actually being hooked to it well so i'd I'd plug it in and so he he drive out that mile and a half and all that plug in the cable and all that to him. And then as he drives forward, he's dragging that cable with him as he goes. Yeah, there's there's going to be some damage to it, but it's still going to push the electricity because he's the ground at that scenario. So really, you just need a raw cable and then just have him grounding out and all that against the pavement. And that there, there's your closed circuit. And then it's just him just pulling that along until he runs out of cable. And that gives him the full minute necessary because we don't have a second counter on that clock. True. But you also need to account for the distance that it would take him to get up to speed to 88 miles an hour as well for the front half. And also, like we mentioned earlier in the episode, you have to account for skill behind the wheel. Mm-hmm. Because if you just immediately put pedal to the metal instead of properly accelerating, because turning you, 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 you're uh, going to be wasting time with tires, on, yeah. you know, spinning with no spinning, spinning ain't winning, right? You you, you don't get points if, if you're spinning on a drag strip. I mean, honestly, I feel like we could just keep going on and on about this final segment of how would you go go about getting power to the car and all that. So. Let's just kind of pull away, away away from that. And we really didn't talk about it much, but we still need our D&D clip for Back to the Future Part uh, you, 1. You, your D&D clip? Oh, I can tell you exactly what that is. And it even goes back to that final scene and all that. Because everything that is involved in, in that final scene before Marty goes back to the future... It is just one luck roll after another just to get them through. Just 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 one just one luck roll after another. Both of them have to have the lucky feet because if if they did not have the lucky feet, there is no way in my mind that that could conceivably happen. 
Okay, so let's say say this takes place in the world of D and D. Okay. Your, I, I I guess, to give it some type of sense, you know, your DM. Yeah. What type of I guess deity or god would they be referred to? You know, if the player character was needing some type, you know, to keep it cohesive and in world and they wanted to ask the, would they pray to a god would they be talking to father time because it's back to the future well so what so, role is the dm so so, so doc brown is 100 percent an artificer through and through oh, oh i'm not trying to say that doc brown's the dm or anything like that well no just, no no doc brown as a playable character is an artificer through and through uh marty I I don't really have a, a a good character choice for Marty. He he's not a barbarian. He's he's definitely not a rogue. He's not a cleric. He's not a paladin. I would say he, he he's a young knight. Oh, just a knight is kind of, you know because if you have someone that's new to the game and they really don't know what they want to play, if you don't have the time to sit down and go through that process to discover who they are, uh, so, so, most of the time you're going to recommend a knight, because it's an all-around catch-all. Well, it, it, at that point, he'd either be a paladin or a fighter, and to be honest, I'd actually put him more on, on the... No! Fuck! Duh! He's a, he's a goddamn bard! He's a bard! I don't think so. Like... He's in a fucking band! I still don't think it qualifies him for bard. He, no, he, he he's he, a bard. He 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 did fine on his initial performance check during the undersea dance that caused his parents to kiss. However, however, he failed his performance check whenever he did Johnny Be Good. It started out great. It went downhill. He's a bard. He's a bard. Okay. Tell me I'm wrong. Okay, then what is? Biff. Biff? Uh, Biff is definitely a fighter. Because he, he, he's a bully. He's a fighter. That, that's, that's what they do. Do, do, do. Does that make George a rogue? Yes, George would be a rogue. As much as for, I... As much as I hate to say it, for, yes. For, for, for assisting the uh, fighter cheat... And kind of the stealthy maneuvers and the subsocial qualities and stuff like that. Subsocial qualities. He's a peeping tom. Yeah, no, he's a fucking rogue. Um, Lorraine is. Is, is, is there a, a a probable muse class? Well, Lorraine's gonna be a succubus. I can see that because, yeah, just for all accounts, yes. Yeah. She. She's effective on everyone but Marty. I. I but that's I, I, that's just because Marty has a higher constitution saving throw and a higher wisdom saving. I don't throw remember the, the teacher or the principal, uh, Stackland or. Uh, I don't know the, the slacker. The the yeah the guy who always refers to people as a slacker. He's a paladin. I was gonna say he's a troll. A troll paladin, maybe. Just because he's always, you know, everyone's a slacker in his book. It's his go-to. You, you encounter the troll, you got to cross the bridge. You got, and he's always talking shit 
or whatever. Divine Oath, Divine Oath Paladin, 100%. Because his oath is to education and trying to ensure the education of his students. That, that's, that's his oath, and he, he's very adamant about that. Alright, so, um, so I feel like we're really drawing towards the end of this episode. Um, I know before editing, I'm really not a big fan of talking about how much we have recorded before edit, because then it makes people wonder... What happened to everything else? Yeah, what got deleted, and I don't save those files because I'm using an older computer and I'm still working on upgrading... But, so to close things out, I guess, what are your thoughts on the first Back to the Future movie? Just, you know, a as a movie, not as, I, I mean, I guess you can nitpick it, because that's how you decide what you think about a movie, you know, but... As, as a standalone movie, um, not, not taking in part two or three, um, I, I always thoroughly enjoy it. In fact, it, it's, it's one of those movies... That whenever it comes on the TV, whenever I'm in a hotel or something like that, because I don't I don't have cable and I'm too cheap to pay for it. Um, whenever it does come across, it, it's more of a go-to movie for me than a lot of other things. Um, but at the same time, I mean, I, I probably wouldn't put it over you know seven out of ten. I'll go seven out of ten. Okay. Yeah. So for me, it, it's a movie that I love mainly just because of some of the cast that we get in it we get you know christopher lloyd michael j fox uh Leigh thompson um they all do just amazing works in this movie um i, I i'm probably going to give it an eight out of ten as like a standalone fair enough and that's I, I find it really hard for me to give anything that i enjoy below a seven and so yeah, I, I'm going to stick with an 8. Really looking forward into breaking down part 2. But yeah, so... Thanks again for listening to this episode of Question Possible Answer. Yet again, uh, you can reach out to us. Question Possible Answer at gmail.com Find us on Facebook by the same name. Minus the gmail.com. And on Instagram, that's question underscore possible underscore answer. Yes. And if you are listening to us on uh, a service that allows you to leave a review and a rating, please do so. Uh, we don't, we're not asking for five stars. We're asking for honest feedback. That helps us grow and fix things so we can. Make sure we're doing things right by the listener. If it's um, if it's not a problem, I can't fix it. Okay? Right. If I don't if I don't know about it, I can't fix it. Sorry. Right. You got to let us know before we we make it completely enjoyable to everybody. I know if you are listening on Anchor, which is our main uh, releasing service, that's who we use to actually release the episodes. If you're listening on Anchor, they have a voice feedback, so you can send a voice message. Otherwise, contact us on email or Facebook, Instagram, uh, any of the other methods that we've described below. Um, all right, and so I think that's going to do it for this episode of Question, Possible, Answer. Uh, um, all right, uh, so until the next time, I'm Peanut. I'm Tog. And this has been Question, Possible, Answer. So long.